0: We are in the middle of a series called A Gentle Answer. And our key verse for this series is Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. We live in a culture of outrage and in our divisive and in sometimes a violent world today, even the idea of gentleness seems misplaced and naive. But let's not look past the power of gentleness. Jesus brought gentleness to us when we deserved Harshness, and we can let it change us, and with us, the world around us can change. But you might be surprised to find a message called Doing Anger Well in a series called A Gentle Answer. For a lot of us, anger seems like the opposite of gentleness. So many of us have come to believe that anger is sin, that the emotion of anger is negative. It is destructive and and we're supposed to try to to suppress it, to push it down. And whether that's how you were raised or what you think Christianity and the church teaches or or what people around you or our culture in general has caused you to feel about anger, that that there's always a bad outcome when it comes to anger. Or, Or maybe you're somebody who loses control and anger causes you to do things or say things that are hurtful. When you, when you feel it, it's like a surge of energy and you feel like you have no control over it. Or maybe anger causes you to lash out, to try to get revenge, to hurt someone else like you've been hurt. Or maybe, and this is more like me when I get angry, especially in important relationships, anger causes you to retreat to your corner, to stew, to sulk, to turn inward, to not speak out at all to retreat and wall yourself off. And maybe for you, it's letting anger cause you to nurse a grudge. Author Anne Lamott says that that is like drinking rat poison and expecting the rat to die. The first thing to know when it comes to this idea of anger and doing anger well, and what it has to do with gentleness is this. Anger is not the same as sin. You can be angry and not commit sin in your life. The the Apostle Paul writes, about this in the book of Ephesians. He says this, he says, in your anger, do not sin. It's from Ephesians 4.26. And other versions of that passage translated as be angry, but do not sin. It's like Paul saying, hey, it's possible to be angry and not sin. In fact, he encourages us, be angry. Not, not walk around angry with a chip on your shoulder with everybody to see. No, it's like he's saying, if you need to be angry, be angry. It's an emotion that you feel. It's okay. You don't need to Suppress it. So let's talk about this with a a real life Example, Um, I can't remember a time I have been more angry than when I was at a concert one time with my kids Several years ago. It was at the PNC Music Pavilion in Charlotte. It was it was a hot summer night The band was Rascal Flats and I had taken my two boys Christopher and Luke who were about 11 and 7 years old at the time to the bathroom in the middle of the show and our seats were, were towards the back of the covered area. And when we came back to re-enter, Christopher was walking on ahead of us a little bit. And he walked up to the entrance that lets you down to the front, the very front. But this lady was checking tickets and I knew that she would stop him before he got down there. Well, she didn't stop him. And it was like she didn't even see him. Maybe because he was so skinny, he was almost like two dimensional. He walks right past her and towards the pit in front of the stage. I started yelling at him, but it's so loud that he can't hear me. And so I hurry up to the gate. I'm dragging Luke behind me and I point to my son and I tell the lady, hey, he just walked past you and I need to go get him. And she looks at me. She doesn't look back over her shoulder and she says, no way, you are not getting in here. And in a flash, my anxiety and stress turned into anger. What do you mean? I was like, no way. My my 11-year-old son is in there walking around by himself. And and she crossed her arms and she stood in front of me. And then this big guy with a jacket on that said security stepped in behind her. But I wasn't going to back down yet. I stood there for another minute or so arguing with her and with him trying to get them to let me inside. But as I was arguing with him, I was also thinking in the back of my mind, the longer I stand here, the further away Christopher gets. But, but I gotta tell you, that feeling of rage, like I still feel it a little bit today as I'm telling that story. I wanted to push them out of the way and go get my son. And instead, I gave up and we walked around the back entrance as fast as I could, dragging Luke behind me. I was gonna drop him off at our seats and go find Christopher. But when we got back, Christopher was standing right there smiling at me, he, like he always was a smart kid. What caused my anger? Well, in the moment, I felt like my son was lost. I saw him disappear into a sea of intoxicated people and, and there was someone stopping me from going to get him who didn't understand the situation or didn't seem to care. They didn't believe my, my story. Is it wrong to feel anger? Was it, was it bad of me to get angry in that moment? No, absolutely not. What was the alternative? Just like, pretend like nothing was wrong and walk away? Just, just be nice? It's okay to feel angry. It's a feeling. And feelings aren't wrong, they're just your feelings. We get confused sometimes though, especially if you're a Christian, because some of you tend to think that being a Christian is about being nice all the time. That that Jesus was a nice guy who was nice to everyone around him and he taught his followers to be nice too. Some of the churches we've grown up in have basically taught this. You, You know the phrase, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. You've probably heard that a lot in your life and maybe you have used it some in your life. That's not in the Bible. (laughs) That's not a verse in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Jesus didn't come so we could all be nicer people. That's the whitewashed version of Jesus that we have. Now, Jesus actually came to turn things upside down. In one case, actually, he literally turned some things upside down. Matthew records this story He says that Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the the benches of those selling doves. It's written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Jesus got angry. He experienced the same emotions that, that we do. He had harsh words for people who were hurting others. He took strong action against people who were abusing the temple. I wanna talk about that in just a minute, but, but here's the truth when it comes to you and me. Anger can turn toxic. Now, anger's like fire. Fire, like anger, has a lot of redeeming uses, doesn't it? It keeps us warm during the cold. It creates great ambiance in a room with a fireplace or candles. It, it kills harmful bacteria in our food. When I have tamed it and trained it correctly, I can use fire to cook an amazing ribeye on my grill. But you let fire run wild, and what happens? It can destroy a whole house or a forest or even a human life. And When you let fire, a fire rage, it will kill whatever or whoever is in its Path. It's, not, it's not whether you're gonna get angry or not, you, you are. Some of you need to hear this. It's okay to be angry. It's what you do with it that matters. But the question is not, are you angry? The, the question is, are you letting your anger turn toxic? Here's another question that will shed light on whether you're letting that happen or not. What is motivating your response? When you're angry and you want to respond, What's the main reason you want to respond? What is that reason? Maybe you have an issue with road rage. And if that's you, maybe I've seen you lately on I-77 where somebody cuts you off and you have choices in that moment, don't you? You can ride up really close to the person who cuts you off. You can express your anger with various hand signals. You can even drive up past them and look for an opportunity to cut him back off. I mean, all of those in the moment would feel like, let's be honest, pretty good. You ever done any of those things? I've probably done at least one of those things before. How does it feel? Well, in the moment it's great, but really soon after it feels bad and worse, it can lead to something really bad, an accident, a confrontation, somebody even gets hurt. And if you have a Love Lake Norman car magnet on the back of your car, well, don't even like get me started about that, all right? How about getting a mean email or text message? Raise your hand if you've ever shot back whether you think it was justified or not, out of, out of anger and a desire to get back at that person. We all probably have. I am way better at responding to difficult emails or texts if I wait a day. When I don't, usually bad things happen. What's the motivation for that kind of retaliation? It's revenge. It's this, you did something bad to me, so I'm gonna do something bad to you. If you're a Jesus follower, You're not necessarily called to be nice all the time, but you're definitely not called to a lifestyle of revenge. The desire for revenge, it's like the spark of a a flame that gets fanned and pretty soon it's, it's a dangerous fire. This is why big confrontations often start with little incidents of unchecked anger. One person elevates then the other does the same and then again and again and again. And this is where Satan has a field day in our lives and in the church. That can happen in relationships. Some of us have relationships that have been destroyed by anger that wasn't ever properly dealt with. Some of you have family members you haven't spoken to in years because something happened that you may or may not even remember now and you got angry and they got angrier and it never got resolved and now you just don't talk to one another anymore. Anger that is unchecked, that is sinful and unrepentant can lead to broken friendships, broken marriages, emotional and physical abuse. It can be the thing that leads to to things like shooting sprees and murder and flat out warfare. Sometimes unchecked anger doesn't come out as rage though. It comes out in more subtle ways. Did you know that gossip and slander are forms of toxic anger? Gossip and slander are forms of anger that is left unchecked. The goal of gossip and slander is to do harm, maybe irreparable harm to someone in their good name. It's it's a more subtle road, but it's just as hurtful. Instead of trying to understand, why do I feel threatened by this person? Why am I angry right now at this person? It's easier and it feels better in the moment to go to another person or a group of people and say, can you believe what she did to me? Can you believe what he said? Did you hear about what he's doing now? Gossip and slander are passive aggressive forms of anger that are intended to be divisive. You're angry, okay, that's fine. Let me ask you some questions. How are you responding? How are you responding? Are you lashing out or or shutting down or letting your emotions control you? Have you taken a deep breath? Have you stepped back? Are you able to just just take a step back and and think? Are you able to take a minute or a day or a week and pray? Are you able to settle yourself and your emotions and make a healthy decision about how to respond? Are you you treating the other person as someone also made in God's image? This is not to ignore what they might've done, to sweep it under the rug or to excuse it, but it is the perspective that we sometimes need. And then this question, what's the truth and how should you tell it? What is really going on that that made you feel this way? What's the truth that needs to be told and how can you say it in a way that is honest and open and also not unnecessarily hurtful? How can you share it with the idea of a restored relationship as, as the goal, as the possibility? Now, those are just a few questions to consider when you're feeling angry. If you're a Christian, Your calling is not to never feel angry, it's to do anger well. Sometimes though, anger is justified. I I wanna say this, especially for those of us who struggle with feeling like it's okay to be angry. Jesus offered people gentleness in the best sense of the word, and he also got angry. Now the difference between him and us is that his anger was always justified, but he invites us into that same kind of righteous anger on behalf of people around us. He got angry when things weren't right. When, when people were oppressed, when those in power lorded it over those who had none, when the religious leaders were being hypocrites. Let me, let me share with you just a few of the words he spoke against the religious in his day. He says this, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are." Wow, he goes on. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee first clean the inside of the cup and dish, And then the outside also will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as religious, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And then he says this, he says, you snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? And then he turns his heart toward the city. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stone those who sent you, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Look, your house is left "'To you desolate, for I tell you, "'you will not see me again until you say, "'Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord.'" He turns his heart toward gentleness even in that moment. He loved people. Jesus loves us with the deepest kind of love. You know what that meant? There were times when he was angry, and there were times when circumstances around us should cause us to be angry too. When your friend is being bullied, when there's discrimination because of the color of somebody's skin, When people who can't speak up for themselves are oppressed or even killed because of race or where they live or what language they speak or the fact that they haven't even been born yet. Why? Because sometimes love demands action. Love demands action. Love hates whatever seeks to injure or destroy Romans 12, nine says it like this, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. We, we live in a corner lot in our neighborhood. So we, we get a decent amount of cars that don't always stop at the stop sign in front of our house. When my kids were little and we were playing outside in the yard, sometimes a ball would end up in the street. And sometimes they would start to run after it when a car was coming and I would yell at them, stop, get back here right now. Now they did not like getting yelled at. And and sometimes it made them cry and get upset, but I yelled at them anyway. You know why? Because I love them, because I care about them and with everything that I have, and I don't want them to get hurt. Author Becky Pippert says it like this. She says, anger isn't the opposite of love, hate is. And the final form of hate is indifference. You ever thought about that? That your apathy, your indifference about injustice around you may be causing someone else harm. Is there someone around you or a group of people or someone around us as a church who is about to step into the road and into harm's way and you're content to put your head down and walk away? Jesus was willing to risk his reputation, his status in the community, his relationships, everything to do the right thing. And sometimes that meant letting his righteous anger flow into calling out the oppressors around him and showing us a better way to live. Love demands action. Now let me also say this, you can't make everything right. You can't fix everything around you, even your own life, let alone someone else's. This is why next week we're going to talk about the huge topic of forgiveness. But people I know who do anger well, they know something and they believe something really important that God eventually will make all things right all of those wrongs you felt and had done against you, God is gonna make it right. Injustice you see in the world, God eventually is going to make it right. And our role then is to not only pursue justice in the world, it is to entrust justice to God, the one who judges justly and, and has the power to make everything right again. Our role is to pursue justice and to entrust justice to God. And the only way to do that is to know Jesus. It's like to have a relationship with him, to know him intimately. It's, it's only then that I can be angry and in my anger and not sin against people around me. And you wanna do anger well? It actually starts with knowing Jesus. It starts with trusting him with your, your, your life. And there's a very simple way that you can begin a relationship with him today. And you can remember it with the letters A, B, and C. A is this, admit that you need Jesus to make life work that you need a savior because you can't save yourself. The B is believe that that Jesus died on a cross for you and rose for you so that your relationship with God could be reconnected and whole. And then C is this, confess your faith in Jesus as your savior, your Lord, your leader, your forgiver, and then share that with people around you. Decide to be baptized. Let people around you know about this decision. Let, Let us know here at Love Lake Norman and we'll celebrate with you and help you take your Next step, I want to pray with you now and invite you into that kind of prayer with me. Let's pray. God, right now, I just want to admit once again that I can't do life on my own. I can't pursue the life you've called me to on my own. I can't fix things on my own. I just want to admit that to you. And then I also... I wanna say this, I believe that you died on a cross for me, that you came for me. If I was the only one who needed saving, you still would have come. That's how much you love me. And then I confess. I confess that you're my savior and my Lord, that I need you, and I'm inviting you into my life to lead, to forgive, to love, and to help me live life the way that you want me to live it. God, for those of us who struggle with anger, whether it's admitting that it's okay to be angry or maybe we struggle with losing control, would you come alongside us with your amazing presence and guide us and help us to do anger well and love people well and offer gentleness in your heart to the world around us. We thank you, pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we wanna encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute Subscribe to this podcast and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.